I would be the first um, woman in my family. I was raised by all women and a matriarch um, to get a PhD. So I feel like it's my, I'm the only one who's had this opportunity. So I feel like it is my responsibility to represent all of them. That was Rachel Verhagen. She's a fourth year psychology student at Cal State LA. And as she said, she's on track to become a first gen PhD student. My discussion with Rachel was interesting because she initially didn't refer to herself as a first gen student. She shared that her mother had earned an undergraduate degree, but she also said that didn't necessarily mean that her mom could totally relate to her experience. When I transferred and I started commuting to Cal State LA, she was like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Now she doesn't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, they try their best to be supportive as much as they can understand what I'm doing, but they, they don't know what it's like. They don't know why I'm in the lab for nine hours a day. You know, they don't know why I'm writing papers every single day. You know, they don't know why I spend so many hours of my day reading and reading and reading, you know? It's, it's different, but I mean, like I said, it's my responsibility to do this for them, so. I don't know about you, but that sounds like first gen to me. My conversation with Rachel made me rethink what it means to be a first-generation college student. I mean, it can't be as simple as a box you check on school and scholarship applications. First-generation college students often have starkly different campus experiences than their continuing generation counterparts. That is, students whose parents have had a college-going experience and can share wisdom and lessons learned. I consider myself a first-generation college student, even though my mom earned both her bachelor's and master's online. My mom would tell me about how rigorous the work could be, how it was hard to manage her time and get help when she got stuck. She was truly first gen, but she couldn't tell me how to navigate a campus. She didn't have the experience to tell me there was no shame in taking advantage of the Academic Enhancement Center. Welcome to Hidden Curriculum. Out of the Science Education and Society Lab at the University of Rhode Island, I'm Josie Alexander. Today's theme, who's first gen? Today we're gonna break open the box. We're gonna explore the intersections of first-generation college-going status and the identities and lived experiences that make everyone's first-gen so unique. But first, what's the big deal? Why does it matter if you're the first in your family to go to college anyway? In the United States today, a college degree, especially an advanced degree like a master's or a PhD, is invaluable. It opens the door for specialized careers and opportunities, which equate to higher wages, which means higher quality housing, education for your family and quality of life. That's why education is commonly known as the great equalizer. The idea is that education allows for this thing called social mobility. It's the ability to move up the socioeconomic ladder from like impoverished living all the way up to living your best life like the 1%. Though the actual results vary, we know that having a college degree can mean living a totally different life for most people. According to data from a 2017 study done by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the mean weekly income for Americans with a bachelor's degree is nearly $400 more than those without a college degree. You heard that right. That's $400 more a week on average. For those with a master's degree, the gap increases by nearly $700. The weekly income gap between Americans with a doctorate degree and those without is nearly $1,000. That's $4,000 a month. $48,000 a year. The same study showed a relationship between degree attainment and unemployment in the United States as well. While the unemployment rate for bachelor's degree holders was 2.5%, it increases to 4.6% for non-degree holders. The challenge in the United States is closing those gaps. So again, the solution seems simple, right? 
just support and champion first-generation college students. The issue is, not all first-gen students are the same, and there's no one-size-fits-all solution. Uh, my name is Ali, Ali Yunus. I'm a senior at the University of Central Florida. Um, I'm pursuing a PhD in chemistry. Uh, I'm also a first-generation student, but I guess a different definition of first, because I was born in Sudan, in North Africa. And although, like my mom went to college there, she came here and her degree was kind of uh, considered invalid. So she didn't know anything about the college system here. So, I mean, I guess I'm first generation in that sense. Um, yeah, also low income, minority, same struggle boat. Ali said his mom earned a master's degree in the sciences when his family still lived in Sudan. But there was a disconnect when they came over to the States. When she came here, she tried to get a job with it, but I guess it was by some, there wasn't, it, there was never like a formal invalidation of her degree, but like every job she went to, it was like, no, you can't, no, we can't, I'm sorry. Um, it was either because of her job or because her degree wasn't like satisfactory. Ali said that this changed his family's way of life. Now in the States, things were different for a variety of reasons. So she just ended up like, she went from working at like a, I don't know, I think like an energy department for some government office there to like working at the airport at like 5 a.m. shifts. And like, I remember being like, it was, it would be like late night and then my mom would be like putting on work clothes and I'm like going to bed. And my dad would be like, do you want to take your mom to work with me? And so I would just like hop in the car, we'd go to the airport or whatever. Um, and I would just come back later and then like the next day, I'd talk to her about like what she did for school or whatever. And she would tell me she doing this like really amazing, cool stuff. And I was just like, why are you working at an airport and like at a concession stand? What, what is going on? So she didn't really delve into it much when I was a little kid. But as I got older, she explained like it was either because my hijab or they just didn't consider my degree like, I don't know, valid here in the US. So that left her within a country that didn't acknowledge her education, that left her kind of like, essentially somebody without a college education in the US, because she didn't know how the college system like worked. She didn't know how any application system worked. She didn't know how degrees worked. She like didn't know any of this stuff, and neither did my dad. So I was like the oldest brother out of my two, um, like all three of us, I have two younger brothers. And it was just up to me to figure out how to do this stuff. So when I got those applications and it was like, are you a first generation student? I was like, yeah. My, my mom has no fucking clue how college works here. My dad has no clue. Nobody tells me how to do it. So yeah, I'm first generation. For many students, it's this sense of independence that defines first gen status. I had to figure it out on my own. There was no one really there to help me. I hear this in conversation with first gen students all the time, and I totally relate. I consider myself a first-generation college student, even though my mom earned both her bachelor's and master's online. My mom would tell me about how rigorous the work could be, how it was hard to manage her time and get help when she got stuck. She was truly first-gen, but she couldn't tell me how to navigate a campus. She just didn't have the experience to tell me there was no shame in taking advantage of things like the Academic Enhancement Center or professor office hours. And oftentimes, when things got really difficult, when I wanted to quit, I didn't think to call my parents. I thought, I just can't disappoint them, let them down. Everyone's depending on me. 
I've got to figure this out and I've got to figure it out on my own. Eventually, when I hit rock bottom, I found community. One of the major challenges for first-gen students is a general feeling of isolation, and it has a huge impact. When you don't know anyone in a certain environment, you don't know the opportunities that exist there, you don't know the barriers, you feel like an outsider. At least I did. But connecting with other first-gen students who could relate to the challenges I was overcoming and offer advice made all the difference. My first-gen peers in the College of Environment and Life Sciences, Seeds of Success, opened my eyes to all the resources available to me on campus, and more importantly, they made me feel entitled to those resources. Suddenly, I didn't feel shame to go to tutoring or to sign out a laptop in the library. I felt empowered. But again, we don't all have the same experiences. I don't want to like group, but like a lot of us like undocumented like students are also like first tend to be first generation students, right? And usually when you're like in high school, when you're in, or like you know college bound, they always let you know like oh, you know you're first generation, you know here's some like um, resources for you. Here's this, and you can do this, and that will push you to like get to you know get to where you want to be until you get to the requirements of the let's say so-called program or so-called scholarship, and then you see the U.S. citizen or permanent resident um, requirement there that just like slaps you in the face, and that for me that's been I mean for like a lot of us I would say well, I guess I just want I, I'll just talk you know on my from my perspective but like it's just like. It's like you're one of us, but you're not one of us. Because, you know, it's like within, even within being like a first generation student, it's like within it, there's, you have to like, remember like my, my status. So that last voice you heard was a friend of mine I met at SACNIS 2018. SACNIS stands for the Society for the Advancement of Chicanos and Native Americans in Science. We met at their annual diversity and STEM conference this year in San Antonio, Texas. As he just mentioned, he's an undocumented student. So to protect his identity, we'll refer to him with the pseudonym Steven. I am a master's student at Alcaster LA and studying biochemistry. And I'm a first-gen student, I'm also undocumented, um, and yeah. And I feel like the biggest hardship that's until today still preventing me from like going where I wanted to be or um, has pushed me back has been my status because it's something that you kind of just carry on with you all your, like, all the time. It's always in your mind. Um, it's always, like, looking at programs that you can probably fit into, and they, you can't because they're, um, they have a U.S. citizen or permanent residence requirement. Uh, and so, you know, I have to do research, I have to go to school, and then I have to work on the side a couple of jobs so I can pay for school. And so I have to balance like um, multiple things at the same time without burning out. And I feel like if I, if I didn't have to worry about, let's say, my status, it would be like a huge burden taken off. And I would probably be doing much while in school. I would have more time doing research. I would have more time um, developing myself professionally and personally. Whereas I feel like I'm constantly like in the back, kind of like trying to catch up to everyone else. For Steven, it's his status. For some of us, it's being a full-time worker and student to financially support our families. For others, it's being a full-time mom or dad while in school. The point is, 
We all carry these parts of identities and lived experiences that make first-gen college-going experience all the more complicated. But there's power in that as well. We're resilient, hardworking, and adaptable. We're groundbreakers. We're first-gen students, and this is Hidden Curriculum.